Hello and welcome to the Sure Skills Learn to Grow podcast. My name is Simon Bean. I am the host. My guest this week is our very own Joe Mansfield, who heads up our virtual labs team as the lead content developer here at SureSkills. Joe and his team are building virtual lab training for some of the world's leading organizations. And I thought it would be really cool to have him come on and discuss what has become a really highly sought after service. Joe and his team and, and virtualized labs in general have really revolutionized lab training in a lot of ways. Hands-on lab training has been historically difficult to say the least and has always come with a host of headaches that are very difficult to overcome. For example, they require extensive costly setup, endless machine maintenance, a rigid in-person schedule, and a lack of instructor oversight during the actual training itself. All of this meant that labs have always been impossible to scale and frustratingly impractical, not to mention incredibly expensive. Joe and his team, however, have created an antidote to basically all of the historical challenges of lab-based training. They currently build cloud-native labs that are available anytime, anywhere, and are infinitely scalable, all while providing an enhanced learning experience. And of course, they cater to the increasingly remote nature of workplaces and workplace training. They've built some high-profile labs for high-profile companies in recent months, and these virtual labs are becoming hugely popular. So I thought it would be cool to have Joe on to chat about some of the ways that he and his team think about the service that they provide. A really interesting guy and, and Joe is always fun to chat to because he is a learner himself at his core and he takes that passion for learning into what he does. So I always really love catching up with Joe, a really fascinating guy. In our chat, we talk about the basics. Joe gives us an overview of why these virtual labs are in such high demand and we explore some of the use cases and some of the potential uh, organizations that these labs may apply to. Without further ado, this is Joe Mansfield. Okay, Joe Mansfield, how are you? I'm pretty good. It's a pleasure to be here. Hopefully it'll be informative. <laughs> You're eagerly anticipating snow, I hear. Uh, yeah, you know, this is the, the one day every three years in Ireland that we get snow, hopefully, will be tomorrow. Get ready for the uh, the entire country to shut down. Oh, we've been hit, we're waiting for the last three days in anticipation. <laughs> every kid in the country's bought a toboggan, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Have you bought a toboggan? That's the main question. No, it's too it's too cold out there for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy, happily warm here inside, wrapped up. You are the virtual labs guru here at Sure Skills, and I always love catching up with you and hearing about the projects that you guys are working on just because they're so dynamic and they're so mm -hmm. interesting, and you guys are constantly having to learn on the job to deliver these very complex and, and interesting services. Could you give us a, a really basic understanding of what virtual labs are? Virtual labs are they're hands-on lab environments, technical environments, where people can learn about a product or service. Um, They've been, you know, at one level, they've been part of technical training forever. It's like, you know, you, you're, you're taught something in a lecture or a presentation, and then you go off and you, okay, roll up your sleeves and you do some, here's some instructions to build something or make something or make something happen. Um, and virtual labs are the same idea, but they're delivered virtually from a, in, in our case, from a cloud resource of some sort. We, we configure the environment that you need using cloud-based resources. From a training development perspective, these are, they're quick to deploy. They're, they don't need to be reserved. They're, we can spin up as many of them as we need. Um, we can test them quickly and develop them relatively quickly because we take that 
cloud native approach of you know making things that you can rapidly spin up and tear down as you need to do so when you're either when you're testing and developing them or when you're actually deploying them to your users there's no training better than practical hands-on training right and labs are great for that but virtual labs seem to to really deliver immersive experiences for the learner. Yeah, so, so like like a big advantage of what we were able to do now, I can build an environment that is identical to the one that somebody will work on in in their their, their real job. P- potentially, I mean, we might not have to do that; it might not be needed. But but even even when it's not, we're not trying to replicate it exactly. They will almost certainly be using exactly the same interface, the same tools, the same. They'll see it in the same way. It will look to them. It can be indistinguishable from from the real environment. It might be simpler or have a smaller set of data, but it could be. It could be, and we have done this, replicate entire environments exactly as they are in a production for, for someone, except it's not the same. And this is the beauty of the cloud is I can bring up multiple copies of the same thing. They're all isolated from each other. They're all isolated from the outside world, so there's no risk. So someone can be given a like what is the, a real environment to learn on and make the mistakes on in a safe way or you know, explore and kick the tires on something. And then when they're finished with it, we can tear it down and throw it away. It doesn't matter. Um, that's a real, that, that, that is a, a real advantage. Even in the, the, the older way we did this, you know, you always knew that what you were working on was not quite the same. It was either a slightly different make of server or it was in a different, slightly different configuration and things. We're not constrained by that. I mean, you, you, you go to that kind of high level of fidelity when you really need to. Um, but but you don't, you know, but you can do it relatively easily. You know, particularly when you're with what we're doing, the way we build these, we spin, we we literally spin them up and provision them on the fly. So it can be quite easy to, to get the configuration you want, you know, to a high level of fidelity. Um, and and that is really what matters to a student. Then, you know, they're they're working on something that isn't slightly fake. People pick that up very quickly. You can teach people and show somebody something. You know, learning and then kind of, you know, you do have to have lecture type content and you can have a demo of something where I show you something or a simulation of something which kind of is a mock-up that you can sort of interact with. But people are very, very sensitive to the fact that they're not real. And and giving them something real, is re- like it, it enhances that retention of information. You know, they think that this is something I'm familiar with. I recognize this. You know, it's like when you learn to drive, you know, you, you, you navigate through things, you, you, you know how things look. It's the same sort of experience, it, 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 and it's definitely true. So that, that's, a, that's a huge plus. Um, and it's not just limited to the, the standard cloud platforms, tools that, that, that you might think where, you know, it's, it's someone is using um, the Google Cloud Platform and you're teaching them how to create a compute instance machine or a virtual network. It could be an application running inside that environment that is an enterprise business application that we get sample data from the customer and we build a replica of their actual environment. So the person doing the training is logging in using the same sort of credentials they would in a real job, having the same look and feel. Everything could be the same, um, you know. And 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 the training then becomes much more uh, effective. And retains that safety net of just being completely removed from the production environment. There's no risk they'll accidentally switch to the production and you know issue a check for a million dollars or something. Yeah, <laughs> those mistakes are not not possible. Like, and you can be very certain of them. So like that that is very useful. 
the amount of flexibility, but then just the practical applicability of it all, the win-win for both learner and for organization where you have this learning that's more dynamic, more interesting, more engaging, uh, more beneficial. <laughs> so you have yeah. kind of uh, wins everywhere. One of the things from for, from a training perspective too that's, that's difficult is tracking, right? So if you yeah. have a classroom of people taking you know, taking labs, it's hard to, to monitor everybody and to, to keep on track and, and even to give feedback and things like that. I know you've, you're proud of what you guys have done as a team to kind of work on the, the tracking element of, of the labs that you guys build. Can you speak to that a little bit? Again, in a traditional environment, in an in a instructor-led training, when you have a lab session, a trainer can wander around and see how people are doing and, you know, maybe help people who are struggling or not if someone is looking for help. But it is, even in that environment, it's difficult to see how successful people are being or not. And and students can get left behind, particularly if you've got like a wide range of capabilities in the class. And that was always an issue. It's like having people come in who are, some people are fast, some people are slow, and the, the, the good people are bored and the slow people are struggling. And, and through no fault of either of them, it's just very difficult to get a unified, you know, set of people in a classroom. Yeah, that's any classroom, right? In any classroom. Uh, it's always, it's a standard learning problem. So what we have with these labs, because they're all on the cloud, because everything is sitting in an environment with the architecture that we work with, we've got the ability to, to, to look into what the student is doing and what they're achieving. But the ability to track then opens up other, like an enhanced version of the learning experience. It's, it's a good reference. It's a good thing to give people hands-on experience. It is absolutely the way we, you need to start. But you need to follow that with things where you, you, you give people a reinforcement and an ability to learn actually internalize it's like you know you're doing uh remembering back to doing you know studying something like 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 maths or coding or something someone can tell you what something is until you solve a problem using those techniques and exercise that part of your brain where you solve the problem part you don't really understand it or really you know have confidence in your own ability to actually do it like you know you've established that you have the knowledge for yourself when you can apply it. We can frame the scenario like a real scenario um, and then watch how they tackle it. And that totally raises the bar on training. It makes a huge difference to somebody. People doing these labs have a, this enormous sense of achievement when they get kind of 100% at the end and like they actually tick that last button and it's like, yeah, I did this. You know, it's like, it's, it's not I just completed a training course. It's like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, the, people have this sense of achievement. It's remarkable to see how the students respond to this. You know, I'm looking at on another screen here at the moment a bunch of comments about a recent um, training event where where this was used, and like they're they're the students are really engaged. Like they they love it. It brings together a lot of really productive things, right? The feedback at various phases throughout, right? You have the kind of gamification that facilitates creativity and innovation, and not just kind of rote learning. All of which, you know, makes it more fun, more engaging, and, and more productive, right? So you mentioned use cases then. What are some other good examples of when these labs and when this kind of training is is used? Where we are most used to seeing these, and these still apply, is in, in high-end technical training. You know, you have a complicated product, you want to train it, then you have this sort of lab. But it's also, because we have the ability to do activity tracking with them, they are absolutely a, a, a key use case for them is in, in in certification exams rather than just using them as training. They're used as event focus items in conferences. 
Um, we've done a couple of these where they become a kind of a keystone event. And it even applies now that we're not doing in-person conferences anymore. <laughs> we're all like globally distributed. These still work the same way. You can have this as an event where you you have a a specific again a challenge. It's you know people think they know this product or they they have an awareness of it. You can you know you can you can hand out prizes based on who's who's competed and say it's going to either we're all going to be doing it over the next two hours or we're going to give you a day or two to kind of come up with a, a way to do it well yourself seem to run both ways the same idea though can be used in similar environments but but again for um, things like recruitment fairs or in kind of open days at universities you bring these along as a kind of a, a way to draw people in who are curious and who want to prove themselves you certainly use a high-end challenge lab as a, a cv filtering process or an interview filtering process or a or an initial interview maybe even an advanced interview um, you know, you could, some of these are very, very difficult things. You can, and you could make them. You could, you could choose to make them as difficult as you want. And it is again, it's one of those very scalable tools. Like one of the big problems with interviewing people is you've got very expensive, rare resources that you've got to take out of production. You know, somebody who's busy on a, something else saying, "I need you to interview fifty people." No way, it's not going to happen. You know, they'll interview five. But you could give 50 people the, like the initial test and pick the best five. You know, that's definitely a scalable thing to do. And most people doing this would be pretty keen. You know, it's like it's it's they're compet- competitive. They bring out competitive spirit in people. That's why they are used in this context as games um, and events. Um, and they become a thing, you know, within teams of people who are like, how did you do? I got, you know, I got, I got hundred percent of that one. I said, how did you get hundred percent of that one? I, I can, couldn't get the last part. I'm like watching these sort of conversations. I gotta say, I'm watching an event. I was helping on, on an event there over the last few weeks where I, I'm watching the feedback from the students and they really get into this, you know, and, you know, and it becomes, uh, and, and obviously then build technical relationships with the other people who are playing in large global organizations you don't know who your peers are or who people you share similar kind of approaches to things it all comes out in these sort of events people kind of it's a good very good team building networking tool these are these are really beneficial it seems like these could be a a really great element to building camaraderie around you know professional development technical training is hard to do well Particularly when you when you get to the higher end of things, the people you're trying to train are, they, you know, they're justifiably very proud of their ability, and they don't want you to waste their time, and they don't, you know, they don't want to be given things that are too basic. So there is a line, there's a point you reach with these team, this this level of people, like entry level. I mean, if I don't know something about a particular topic, I want someone to hold my hand and show me. But I rapidly get to a point where I want to be stretched. And I know this and the same with the sort of people that I teach. And it's when you give them a challenge, they really shine. I have an example of that, uh, which is actually not a challenge lab. It wasn't intentionally a challenge lab. It turned out to be a challenge lab. But we had a very complicated bit of training we developed about two year and a half ago, which was aimed at a senior how do you call it, um, consulting organizations. Um, and there was a very, there was a very long, complicated lab in the middle of it, of it where we were teaching, juggling various moving parts with like large databases and having to move machines and data around. Uh, and it was very intricate, and it broke. Like we designed it a particular way, and somebody changed something, and some some service 
didn't work the same way as it did before. So the lab that we'd all been working on that was really big and complicated and critical to this this particular training no longer worked. And it, it broke the very first day we were delivering this live. But what I noticed, I mean, but it was clear, like everybody who was there suddenly said, oh, here's an opportunity for me to show off in front of everybody else. Because everybody in that room, the students were really high-end consulting people. They jumped yeah. at the opportunity to show off, you know, to be better and to, uh-huh. to prove it. And there was some guy, um, I remember who he worked for now, but he was, um, he was Ukrainian originally. But he, he nailed it, like, and he figured out this this really subtle problem and a solution and a fix and came to me. And I was trying to fix it at the same time. I was there. I was there as the technical developer. So they were all looking at me. Um, <laughs> but he came over really proud of himself, justifiably. He said, look, this is how, this is what the problem is, and this is the solution. And if you do this, it'll fix it. You know, and, and that's the thing you want to capture in tra- real training, like, you know. This might be a silly question, but what kinds of organizations is this kind of service geared towards? Is it mostly software companies or is it basically any enterprise company or who, do, who does this apply most to? Uh, it, it, it absolutely, it applies to to organizations that, that, that sell or deliver or implement cloud technical solutions because it's, it's, it's a mapping of that one-to-one to what we do. We can implement that very, very quickly. Um, it's not just for what people would consider classic technical training of, building servers and you know whatever it could be uh, you know a software application using an application it could be teaching someone how to use you know an accounting application some function of an ERP system or a HR system it's a sort of training where someone's got where the procedures are relatively complicated maybe potentially and re- and the high, the benefit increases the more open ended something is mm-hmm. would be my view on it you know where 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 the the additional capabilities of building challenge type environments around things are, can be used i can provision environments that replicate almost anything at this, this point in time so like I, I don't think it's limited in in a, it's not it's not limited by the type of business or the, so long as the role involved has some interaction with a a user interface on a computer system somewhere then that part of it is the thing we can do if like i can't virtualize how to teach someone to, to replace a tire on a car or you know clean the carburetor on your whatever your mustang that uh-huh. sorry you know that's it you're still going to have to get your hands dirty for those sort of things but yeah. most modern jobs you know even things that we took like 12 months ago we thought were you know jobs that people would you know were, were, were in-person jobs that most of them have changed to being remote of some nature and we're using an awful lot of these tools now you know and you know being able to use them proficiently is is a big part of like you know we, we can develop environments to train people to do them nicely and do them well listen joe thank you so much for taking the time to talk us through virtual labs really informative and helpful as per usual and i am looking forward to seeing pictures of your snow angels later i'll I'll send on the pictures of the snow angels if i get even more than a millimeter of snow which is what i'm lucky to get (laughs) but it's been it's been great letting you letting me talk and rant along as i i'm I'm always prone to on this topic talk forever but uh it was great great talking to you love it well listen we will stay in touch and and perhaps we'll have you on again to to get an update at some point but listen best of luck with everything and i will talk to you soon excellent cheers thanks simon that was joe mansfield really appreciative of joe's time And I hope you got something interesting out of that. 
I will add links to all of the uh, content on our website about virtual labs if, if anybody's interested in learning more. We also offer free initial consultations with anyone who feels that these labs may apply to them if that happens to be of interest. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great week. Take care and all the best.